Welcome to 2021. I know we had a great message last week from Pastor Kim on fasting. Our fast begins in just about eight days on January 18th. We'll last all the way through Super Bowl Sunday, February 7th. Hope you join in with us, the Renew Fast. Uh, if you need any information about that, Renew Fast, or anything to do with Illuminate Church, you can always head to illuminate.church slash connect. Very important hub of information. If you're brand new and uh, just joining us for the first time, you can head there as well. There's a new guest uh, form to fill out. We'd love to connect with you, tell you everything that you can be involved with online or in person. Either way, we're delighted you're here today. We're casting vision for 2021. The message title for today is called Sacred Space Vision 2021. Sacred Space Vision 2021. I want to share with you today what I believe God always wanted in regards to humanity, like his intention when he created us. Some may wonder if God wanted like a little toy, like a pet to play with and enjoy. Here, Timmy, 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 good boy, whatever. Or maybe God wanted some servants to do his bidding. I am the king. You are my royal subjects. Da, 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 da. Or perhaps we are merely creations of art. Each of us, a masterpiece in a collection to be looked at and admired, sitting on the shelf. Oh, look at Tim. Are we a pet, a servant, a work of art? Are any of these what God intended when he breathed life into our lungs? And the answer is emphatically, unequivocally, no. We weren't just meant to be toys or works of art or servants of God. What God wanted in terms of humanity, the intent of his creation was to have someone to share life with, someone to be with, someone to love and to be loved by. God created you simply, powerfully, just to be with you. And when I say you, I mean all of you. I'm talking to every person who's listening to this, even if you are not a believer in God or in Jesus Christ. He still created you because he loved you and wanted to be with you. In Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 to 9, I'm going to tell you how humanity tried to make this happen, but messed it up just a little bit enough that God had to come and intervene. In Genesis chapter 11, verse 1, we read, now the whole world had one language and one common speech. And let me just pause here. Genesis chapter 11 happens after the flood which is Noah and his ark, Noah and his wife, and eventually their children. They are saved via the ark, and the animals and the people come out of the ark, and then they repopulate the earth. And because they all came from one family, they had one language, one common speech. As people, uh, continuing in verse 2, as people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar. And Shinar is basically an ancient Babylon, the city of uh, Babylonia, which is about 50 miles of present-day Baghdad, Iraq. 50 miles south of Baghdad, Iraq. That's where these people went and settled there. Verse 3, they said to each other, Come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. And the Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come. Let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. 
So the Lord scattered them from where, from there over all the earth and they stopped building the city. That is why it is called Babel. Babel, by the way, means confusion because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. Now, again, let me remind you, this is after the flood. Noah's descendants were multiplying fruitfully until they had grown so large in number. And being humans with a big bunch of people, eventually they decided, hey, you know what? We need to be a nation and we need to make a name for ourselves. So here's our plan to make our nation famous on the earth. The first thing we're going to do is build a tower that reaches to the heavens. Yes, that will make us the best in the world. Won't it? If we build this tower, we'll be famous. You're like, well, why? What's what's the tower going to do? Well, here's some possible reasons that scholars have guessed as to why they built this tower. It's an actual literal tower. This is not just a fable or a myth story in the Bible. This literally is a tower. And so maybe perhaps they wanted to show the world that we are great builders. I made this tower. We are smart people. Look what we built. Our tower is bigger than your tower. Woo! Or maybe they wanted to have access to the heavens. Thus, we assume access to God. Like, hey, I'm up here with in heaven. I have access to God. So we will be great because we will have heavenly wisdom and heavenly favor because we can reach up and touch the heavens. Or maybe they built the tower to have access to the heavens and in some way become gods themselves. The tower is their tool for a coup. They're going to reach up into heaven and overthrow God and become gods themselves. Well, the truth is, none of these is really correct. Although each of these have been taught and believed. Well, why are they not correct? Because these concepts, whether it's like, hey, it's a great deal of show or we want to reach up to the heavens, they do not take into uh, consideration the historical context of the time of these people and what towers meant to them what the people of that day believed about towers and why they built them. So here are two main things to understand before we make our conclusion about the purpose of this Tower of Babel. First of all, the people in that day believed they lived in a symbiotic relationship with God. Symbiotic means you need me as much as I need you. They both needed each other. They needed God and God needed them. That was their thought. They, their jobs were to provide the, the God that they were worshiping with food, clothing, riches, worship, whatever. And then God, symbiotically back to them, would grant them their requests. So God needed them for their provision, and they needed God for what he could do supernaturally. This kind of thinking is called vending machine God. Hey, we're going to give you stuff, and then you're going to give us what we ask. I'm going to put stuff in, and you're going to pop stuff out to me. So that's kind of how they understood their God back then. Secondarily, the second thought is that this type of tower would normally be built right next to the temple of whatever God the people served. And the type of tower they were building was not at all meant for the people to go up to heaven, but for God to come down and then enter into the temple. The tower was to them like an executive elevator reserved for God. In other words, the temple is sacred, this tower was also sacred space, space reserved only for the holy, for their God. And this is why the people wanted to build the tower. They wanted God to come down and for them to hoard God 
in this place. This is where God comes down and this God belongs to us. And so we have access to God that no one else has. And people will come here to meet with our God that's come down on our secret elevator. And we have possession of God. And so people believe that that's why they ended up building the tower. But really, their actual motive wasn't to have a sacred space to meet with God at all, for God to come down and for them to meet in this special sacred temple. If that was the case, God would have allowed the tower to be built because that's what God wants too, to have a sacred space with humanity, to be with humanity. It's why he created the Garden of Eden at the beginning of creation in the book of Genesis in the first place. It was a sacred space for relationship, for communing with his creation. It was perfect. It was sacred space. It's why Jesus said in the upper room, the day before his crucifixion, that he was leaving earth to go and prepare a place for all those that will believe in him so that, and I quote, where I am, you will also be with me. Jesus is preparing sacred space for us to live together with him. These people aren't building a tower for that purpose, to commune with God and abide with God. Rather, they're building the tower so that their name can be famous. It's about them and not about the relationship. By the way, when Jesus was on the earth, Peter tried to do essentially the same thing as these uh, Tower of Babel people did. That Jesus showed, well, Jesus walked up onto this mountain with three of his disciples. And up on that mountain, Elijah the prophet and Moses appeared on this mountain suddenly. It's like, whoa! And they're having this major meeting. And Peter blurts this out in Mark chapter 9. He says, uh, Rabbi, it's good for us to be here. Let's put up three shelters. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And then verse 6 says, he did not know what to say. They were so frightened. So this just kind of like, this pours out of him. He's essentially saying, this is awesome. Let's build a house here and hang out up here. It's so incredible. Now, Peter Peter's motives were a bit more pure than those people who built the Tower of Babel. He just wants to hang with Jesus. But Jesus, remember, wants to hang with all the yous, not just you, Peter. So no, no we're not going to build a shelter up here for me, for I want to be known across the earth. Well, back to the tower builders. God actually does come down on their elevator and he confuses their language to, and really what he's doing is confusing their plan, stopping their plan, which by the way works. And the tower building stops and the people's name does not become famous because it was never meant to be about them. <laughs> then the very next chapter happens, chapter 12. And in chapter 12, God starts a new initiative to bring back what he wanted from the very beginning, the very first place, a sacred space where God and humanity can commune, abide with one another, relate to one another. Now, I'm going to say a bunch of stuff in some major generalizations to try to encapsulate and summarize God's new initiative that started back then, but is still going on today. And uh, I took up some doodling lessons. And so I've drawn a little video here for you. Wink, 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 wink. Check this out. So step one, God says in his new initiative to recreate a sacred space that I'm going to select a certain people of the earth called the chosen people, the Israelites. 
And it starts with one man whose name is Abram. He chooses Abram and he says, hey, go to this land that I'm showing you and you're going to create a new nation. And Abram and his descendants will be blessed by God. Why? So that they will then go and bless the rest of the nations and make the name of the Lord famous and known amongst all the nations. The Lord also, in this time, plans to give the people the Torah, the law so that they can see their need for God. We think we're living okay, but actually we're out of alignment with God. And the law showed them that, said, hey, you need me. Now, after a period of time, God's going to send a savior to remove from all of us the penalty of breaking that law. Breaking of the law, by the way, is called sin. And the penalty of sin, by the way, is called death. <laughs> the savior, by the way, is named Jesus. And Jesus comes to earth to defeat sin and death by enduring the cross and raising up from the dead that first Easter Sunday, 2,000 plus years ago. Relationship with God as it was in the Garden of Eden is now possible again. Jesus has made sacred space available back to us by his blood and his resurrection. Well, then after that, Jesus leaves the earth and God sends the Holy Spirit so that the power and the person of God is now distributed across the earth. Humans who have believed in Jesus for salvation and received the gift of the Holy Spirit are now actual temples of the Lord and have access to sacred space with God at any moment. And then the final step, the step that hasn't happened yet, is that one day Jesus will return and begin a movement that establishes a new heaven and a new earth for God and humanity to enjoy forever. It is a sacred space forever. That's God's initiative from Abram right after the Tower of Babel all the way through present day and beyond this in the book of Revelation. So, few thoughts, two thoughts really. Number one, I'm so glad to only have to be waiting for step eight. Some people were in step one, step three. Sometimes our waiting, in our waiting, we feel like, man, this is never going to happen. But looking back and seeing what God has already done and how much time all of this took makes our waiting for the return of Jesus, that step we're waiting for, more doable, more understandable. Side note, by the way, I think his return is sooner than later based on what we've experienced in 2020. Somebody say amen. Secondly, God's plan, his initiative is brilliant. It allows for all people, you included, to experience fellowship with the divine. God made a way to restore relationship and a forever sacred space. I love God for this. Now, back to vision. As I got away during 2020, at the end of 2020, I began to pray for us. As I went to the holy mountain of the Lord, it was clear to me what the Lord was calling us to as Illuminate Church in 2021. So for 2021, the vision the Lord has given me for us, drum roll please, is simple but profound. It's twofold. Number one is to understand as a people the power of sacred space. And secondarily, to understand the gift of holiness and to get our hearts right about this building that God is giving us. To be clear, it is not to make a name for ourselves. It is for the exact two reasons I just mentioned. We are creating a sacred space so that we might and others who have yet to know Jesus might experience the holiness of God and forever be able to abide with the lover of our souls. 
to this aim. The Lord has downloaded in me a bunch of message series that uh, God has placed on my heart for 2021. And I want to show those to you now so you can begin to see how God is creating in us a holiness, a, a sacred space that we meet with him. And as a result, from that place, others are drawn to himself just as he meant it with Abram and the Israelites, I'm going to bless you so that you will make my name famous. And he's blessed us with holiness. He set us apart. So in January, starting next week, we're starting a series called Called Out. Called, called out. Uh, why holiness matters and how holiness is possible. I hope you join us. Uh, during this as well, starting January 18th through February 7th, as I mentioned earlier, we will be participating in the renewal fast. There's a bunch of information we'll be downloading to you via email. If we don't have your email, you need to head to illuminate.church slash connect and fill out one of our cards and uh, we'll certainly add you to the list. So uh, at the end of the fast on February 7th, we will join in something we did last year for the first time. It's called Words in due season. And out of context, without a lot of explanation, it might sound weird, but there are people who will come to our church and they will speak words over other people they've never met. And God will download something to them that profoundly impacts their lives. And uh, it was incredible last year. I hope that you'll join us. Uh, it's going to be very powerful. Then February 14th through March 7th, we get to finish something we started right before COVID hit. It's called Specs and planks. It's all about getting relationships right. Think about this. How could a holy relationship change the earth? How could a holy marriage affect kids? How could a bunch of holy brothers and sisters, holy relatives all together, how could good relationships affect the earth? We started this last year. We did one week of it, and then we had to shut it down, but we're bringing it back. We'll start the series over. Hope you join us. On March 14th, we start a new series called The Main Attraction. Jesus said himself, come and I will make you fishers of people. So I'm wondering, do we do the very thing God called us to yet? It's time. And by the way, the main attraction may surprise you. I know we got a lot of attractions across the street, down the road, but those aren't the attractions. And I'm going to even say this to you. The church is not the attraction. I'm going to say to you, our events that we host, they're not the attraction. The main attraction is you have to wait till March to find out. <laughs> so come back. Then on April 4th, we begin with Easter. It starts a brand new series called I Am You Are. Because of who God is, it makes our identity that much more assured. For instance, if Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and the life, what does that make you? Think about that for a while. I preached that on April 4th, and we'll continue with that through May 23rd. And on May 23rd, it's a next-gen takeover. It's the end of the school year. We get to hear about all the great things that have been happening in kids, in student ministry, and preparing us for an incredible summer. Uh, and also, it's graduation Sunday. Look forward to that. Then we begin our summer series called This I Declare. During this series, we're going to help you write personal biblical declarations to live by daily. And I believe if you will speak these declarations over yourself every day, you will absolutely be transformed. I love it. Can't wait for it. Then we get to the back to school season and uh, we're starting a new series then called God, Is That You? And if one question I get as a pastor more than anything else is like, hey, how do I know I'm hearing from God? How do I know it's God's voice? Because if I hear God's voice, then I may just believe God's voice and believe that he's actually speaking to me. And then beyond that, I'll begin to obey the voice of God. Hear, believe, 
obey. God is that you. And it's important if we're going to be a called out people, if we're going to be a holy people and draw people unto the king that we are hearing, believing, and obeying. I'm super excited about that series. And then in September, we're starting a series called More Than Sunday. Every year, I will make sure to give a huge call to discipleship here at Illuminate Church. Why? Because it fulfills our mission to help people find abundant life. And guess who finds abundant life? Disciples of Jesus. So more than Sunday is all about living a life that's not just one hour on Sunday for Jesus, but all of your hours of your week living for Jesus more than Sunday. And then for the rest of the year, I got to tell you, that's all God gave me so far. You know why? Because sometime in the season of October to December of 2021, we will be taking possession of the land that the Lord has given us and entering into a new sacred space that God is building for us. I know you're clapping, and I'm certain when that day comes, God will have something very specific to say. So, as your pastor, I'm going to keep listening. And when that day arrives, the Lord will have something to deliver to all of us that will help begin to transform our region to help people find abundant life in Jesus Christ. Somebody yell at me, amen. Come on. Bruno, let me hear you. Say amen. Amen. Come on. <laughs> and that's just what's happening on Sundays. Like what's happening with kids, youth, young adults. We're launching a community and discipleship groups called C groups, D groups, men's and women's events. There's so much I'm not even covering. Everything is happening in the life of Luminate Church in 2021. I am certain it will be the most rewarding year of our lives together as a church. So I'm here today to ask you to take the walk with me. Don't lose focus. We are walking towards holiness. We are walking into sacred spaces with God. It will be worth laying down your life for. I don't guarantee it, but God does. In Jesus' name, amen.